thing. Okay. Okay, how y'all doing today? This is Keith Kelly. I'm going to be reading uh, God's Non-Negotiables number three, Christians in America Must Tell Others About Jesus. And I will read this and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Okay, this chapter three. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh of the reason of the hope that is in you with all meekness and fear. So when you ask Jesus to come into your heart and you wash away your sins in his precious blood. Okay. Or maybe you're reading, reading this book and you have not said the old-fashioned sinner's prayer. I guess this is as good a time as any to tell you that we all are born in the sin. Behold, I was shaping in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. Psalms 51.50. Let me explain something. In the Old Testament of the Bible, we read in Leviticus, also known as the law, and the old blood covenant, the following description of the blood covenant. For the life is in the flesh of the blood, and I have given it unto you upon the altar to make it an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the souls. Leviticus 17, 11. That is why before Jesus shed his blood, own blood, the Jewish people in Israel sacrificed animals, lambs and bullocks without spot or blemish as an atonement for their sins. God instructed the Jews, God instruction to the Jews was that the animals offered for sacrifice must be without spot, deformity, or blemish, symbolic of the perfect, pristine, soon-coming Christ. Thanks be to God, we don't have to do this anymore because Jesus Christ, who is without spot or blemish, made the final sacrifice, after which no others are needed ever again. 1 Peter 1, 19, But with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Jesus said his blood for us. The only way is the truth to be known is for someone to tell it. We are that someone. Why should we tell why should we tell others? Because they need to know that Jesus loves them. Your recording has reached the maximum length. To replay your message, press one. To delete and re-record your message. It longs to give them life abundantly. He desires to rescue each one from the pit of a burning hell which is a consequence of unrepented sin. The Lord is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that they all should come to repentance. They all should come to repentance. 2 Peter 3, 9. Again, the reason why Christians don't have physically, physically performed blood sacrifices anymore is because Jesus came on earth to be a perfect lamb without spot or blemish, meaning he never sinned. He was crucified on the cross, shedding his own blood for the atonement of our sins. Then he rose from the dead after three days, giving us salvation if, if we accept him as our personal savior. We must be born again of the Spirit. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3, 3. You know you are a sinner, but you believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You can repent and ask him to wash your sins away in the sea of God's forgiveness right now. 
Here's the sinner's prayer. Ask him to come into your heart and forgive you and your sins right now. Repent. Repeat this. Repent and say this with all your heart. My Lord, my God, have mercy on my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and that he died on the cross and shed his blood for the forgiveness of my sins. I believe God raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Ghost and that Jesus sits on the right hand of God making intercession for my sins. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and wash away all my sins in thy precious blood. You said in your word that you would turn no one away, and that includes me. I believe your word, the Holy Bible, and I accept you by faith. Therefore, I know that I've heard, you've heard me, and I know that I'm saved, and I thank you for saving my soul. Since you have said that prayer, believing in your heart, and Jesus is the Son, and you confess with your mouth, you're saved. Praise the Lord. In an instance, you went from death into life. Hallelujah. Now, you need to find a church that is on fire for God, that is witnessing, testifying, telling others about Jesus, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, like Matthew 28, 8, 19. Reading and praying and fasting, being baptized by being submerged in water and seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is the beginning. It is being concerned about people who don't know Jesus in America and the whole world. The church has to be zealous and to help other brothers and sisters who are being persecuted all over the world. If you need help, please don't hesitate to call 559-217-0496 or email us at www.gonow at gmail.com or look us up on the website, wewillgo.faith. Now, I will be the first to say finding a church with all these attributes that I noted is not easy to find. But I, the good news, because you are a born-again Christian, God can hear your prayers. So start praying to ask God to show you a church. Call us, and we will pray for you too. You see, a, a lot of churches don't tell people about Jesus, but they used to. A lot of churches don't talk about a burning hell, but they used to. A lot of churches don't tell you that the only way to escape from a burning hell is to become a born-again Christian, born Christian, but they used to. And you must keep the commandments, and you have to. There are hundreds of places in the Old and New Testament that talk about keeping and loving the commandments of God. Why even Jesus himself said, point blank, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. You can't be more direct than that. Yet Christians refuse to preach and talk about walking uprightly before God and keeping the commandments. But they used to. They have perverted the meaning of God's grace. We are saved by grace, even as Apostle Paul wrote. But what shall I say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Grace doesn't mean you have to step, keep you don't have to keep the commandments of God. Quite the contrary. Jesus said clearly, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. You can't walk uprightly without the Holy Ghost. You see, a lot of churches don't talk about the power of the Holy Ghost. But it used to. These are the last days and churches have fallen away, as it says in Revelation 2, 4. Nevertheless, I have someone against thee because I has left thy first love. Christians have that know what it's talking about. The church in these last times, they have lost their love, zeal, and courage, and boldness of telling others about Jesus. This is thy first love. 
Churches lost it and have replaced it with Repent with Prosperity. And that, my friend, is another book. I remember when I was just first got saved. I remember when I first got saved. Oh, how excited and zealous I was, how unashamed I was, how driven I was. Of course, I had no wisdom, so I rebuked all my family and friends, but it was great. I was filled with the joy of the Lord. Filled with the joy and prayed and praying always and seeking the Lord to increase my zeal, even as I'd gotten older. And the fire is still here. I want to tell everybody about Jesus. In this chapter, I will show you some of very important examples and strategies how to tell others about Jesus. So, let's get started. Okay. Churchgoers, have you heard of the Great Commission? Well, let me tell you this. Do you know that the Great Commission, do you know what it is? Every Christian should know what the Great Commission is. Well, it's a whopping 82% of American churchgoers neither either don't know or can't recall what the Great Commission is. They don't know that the last and the most important instruction that Christ gave us before he ascended into heaven. Let me give you the most important information for your walk with Christ and that we as Christians are supposed to do. That is the Great Commission. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I am with you always, in, even until the end of the world. Amen. Matthew 28, 18, 20. This is called the Great Commission. Jesus said that he will, be, he will be right by your side with power and will give us what we need to fulfill the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 20 instructs us to teach them to observe all things whatsoever Christ commands us and that, that he is with us even until the end of the world. The facts about the Great Commission. Jesus never called it that, but he told us to do it. Only 17% of American Christians are familiar with the phrase and its meaning. Jesus gives us authority to do his will. Jesus gives us an assignment entrusted to his followers. Jesus gives us a concrete direction for our lives. Jesus gives us a promise with us as we do his will. Here are some of the instructions written in the Hope Forester in the Crusade for Christ. Article, Evangelism Principles. In the article, crew staff members Russell and Emily Hill are training a young lady named Marissa Neal on how to talk to people about Jesus. She wrote about Marissa, a young student who was learning to witness to others about Christ. As Marissa continues to step, take steps of faith into spiritual conversations, she's learning to keep eight things in mind. Marissa has found that her willingness to talk about God with others is fruitful if she hasn't first asked for the blessing of her conversations to pray. Lord, bless this reading. Bless us, God. Pray for each conversation you have in God. Entered, Melissa says, that's what will give us the courage. Number two, deepen your own faith. Just as Marissa knows that the only able to describe her family members to others because she knows him intimately. She also found that the only able to describe Jesus to others is she's spending regular time in prayer and in his word. Ask questions and let spiritual conversations flow from there. In the early stages of their friendship, Russell and Emily would frequently 
invite Marissa over for coffee or dinner, they asked for Marissa, asked her questions, and genuinely listened when she answered. The conversation was God-centered, Marissa says. She asked deep questions, but never told me how I should be. After the discussions, Russell and Emily challenged Marissa to begin having familiar conversations with people of her life, in her life, like her co-workers, her roommates, and friends. Some good questions she starts with are, do you believe in God? Why do you believe or not believe in God? How do you feel about that? Ask what matters most to people and try to see how God fits into the situation of their lives. Marissa says, how do they see God? Or do they ever see him at all? Do they see him at all? These questions get people thinking about what they believe and why and often lead to interesting spiritual conversation, Marissa says. Focus on feelings. Marissa observed the benefit of inquiring on people's feelings about the beliefs during the conversation with their roommate. Marissa first asked her roommate what she believed and why. Her roommate told her that she was an atheist because she would rather believe in nothing than something that wasn't sure was true. When Marissa asked her roommate how she felt about this, her roommate said she would envy Marissa's ability to have faith in God. Always return to how they feel about things, Marissa says. Some people aren't intellectually driven as others, but we all cry and laugh. If you want to relate to someone in a way that strikes deeply, it's through emotion. Five, our outreach events on evangelism with strangers take advantage and cruise resources. Marissa has found that a simple questionnaire of photo surveys are extremely effective in initiating spiritual conversations with people that don't know. She doesn't know. These surveys scatter, scatter conversation barriers. Shatter. These surveys shatter conversation barriers, provide easy dialogue material, and often serve as a bridge unto the gospel. Don't overpower. Listen more than talk. Marissa says, allow the other person freedom to express their feelings, even if it's angry, even if they're angry with God. The moment you begin to tell them how they should feel is the moment that the conversation will die, she says. Be confident. Christianity isn't something to be ashamed of, and so many people are. Marissa says, remembering how Jesus has changed her life and how she wants to change the life of others empowers Marissa to speak the godly boldly. In the conversation well. Now that the work you have started, the Lord will complete, Marissa says. God has reminded her that he is one working in a person's heart long after she left them. He, she always tries to end on a good note so that the person wants to revisit the conversation later. later. They feel comfortable. Marissa's steps of faith have helped her overcome her fears and get excited about initiating spiritual conversation. There are many examples on how you should share faith with others. In fact, my personal example is nothing like Hope Forster's. My encounter with Christ was rougher and tougher, but it also effective. effective. I went something like this. I was 15 years old walking on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California, when a lady walked up to me and gave me a gospel track and said, did you know that Jesus Christ is coming back to earth again? And you must be born again and ask Christ into your heart. Because if you don't, 
you'll die and you're going to burn in hell forever. Forever. Well, needless to say, I went to church and got saved. That street ministry was very effective. We are all commanded to share our faith. Not just letting our light shine, but actually opening our mouths and telling people about Jesus. All Christians have a unique story to tell regarding why, how, and when they accepted Christ to live in the beautiful Christian life. This is why we have to be, we have to be a person of character. People have to see us differently. If you say that you are a Christian and you party just like a sinner, no one will believe. Your depth of character ultimately drives your behavior. We know it's a struggle, but character begins to demonstrate how you believe in God and it's reflected in your daily values and manifest in your behavior. We have to see us different. They have to see us differently. There are books that are written on witnessing and sharing our faith, such as Any Three by Mike Shipman, Operation Timothy, put out by the Christian Business uh, Men's Connection, and a slew of others. No book, however, can set on fire with zeal until you have an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Once you ask him in your heart and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and get that fire, no book can teach you what the Holy Ghost can. You must tell others about Jesus. And that's the end of my podcast. That is Focus on Jesus and Not the Storm. That is Chapter 3. Christians must tell people about Jesus, must tell others about Jesus Christ. Thank you.